Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hello, Burley. Quick reminder to our listeners. We are paused in season four for the moment. Our fundraiser is still open. We are doing a fundraiser for the entertainment fund community. Our goal is to get to $500 by Labor Day. We are currently at $200, so we're 40% there. If you haven't donated yet, please do so or share the link. You can find it on our link tree at dwnpod.com. Today is our second indie bonus episode and I'm a little petty and since we didn't get to do the cast member I wanted to for our supernatural spotlight I I, I asked LA if we could do Richard Spate next I mean I figure we'll get around to it well yeah we will eventually yeah but this was fine too yeah so I perused Richard's IMDb and decided on the independent film Driven. In 2019, Driven was the best homegrown film winner at the Magnolia Independent Film Festival, the best feature winner at the Jackson Crossroads Film Festival, and the best feature film winner at the Tupelo, am I saying Tupelo. that right? Tupelo Film Festival. Also, Richard Spate Jr. won Best Actor in the Graveyard Shift Competition at the Nashville Film Festival, where the film was also nominated for the Grand Jury Prize. Mm-hmm. Driven is currently available on Freebie, Tubi, Vudu, and Prime. So if you haven't watched it yet, pause this episode. Spoiler warning is in effect. We're going to be talking you know, openly about the movie. So if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it and then come back to us afterwards. Again... We aren't doing a recap because it's a movie. It would take the whole episode if we did a recap. But L.A. has a summary for us from IMDb. I do. You looked really hard for that, didn't you? Well, somebody (laughs) got it for me. All right. Emerson Graham's nights as a cab driver are filled with annoyances and inconveniences. But until tonight, never attacks and disappearances. After picking up a mysterious passenger, her evening goes from working a job to performing a quest as they must race against the clock to defeat a force of evil, and the meter is running. It reminded me of, I don't know if you've seen this movie. I've tried to talk about this movie to other people, and you don't know what I'm talking about. But there was a movie, I want to say it was in the 90s, but maybe it was the early 2000s, called Collateral. Mm -hmm. And it starred Tom Cruise, and he had white hair. Yeah. And Jamie Jamie Foxx. Yeah. It reminded me of that meets Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I can see that. That's that's good. Yeah. I thought it was really cute. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I ended up buying it. Oh, did you? Yeah. So, well, digitally, which oh. who knows? I found out that apparently when you own something digitally, you don't really own it. The companies could change their license agreement where, oh, no, you don't own it anymore and just take it. So mm. if you really love something and you want to actually own it, buy the physical copy, people. I guess I'll have to try and hunt down the Blu-ray. But yeah, I thought it was really cute. And that's totally what it reminded me of was that 
collateral movie meets Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, that's cute. I get that. What did you think overall? It was cute. I didn't think I was going to like her at first. I don't know. There was just something about her, but like she won me over by the end. Okay. So the actress is Casey Dillard, who is also the writer. And I don't think she did bad. No, no. But it's just that Richard Spade Jr. is so good at delivering like wit and banter casually in conversation. I mean, that's how he fucking talks in real life. Keeping up with him had to be both a challenge and a pleasure. Oh, yeah. He's so talented. And I well, mean, he was, he was adorable. So, Well, he's a freaking adorable yeah. and he's a really good actor. Yeah. And I liked their banter. Mm-hmm. I thought the chemistry between the two leads was really good. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really like her acting necessarily. It was like the, the character at first. I was just like, meh. Yeah. But she won me over. Yeah, I don't think either of the characters were supposed to be particularly likable at first. Yeah. But they win you over as the movie goes on. So we'll go ahead and move into what we adore. As I already mentioned, I adored Richard Spade Jr., of course. Mm-hmm. It's freaking hot, gorgeous. There were plenty of close-ups, especially in the beginning. It's like, yes, thank you. He does look younger, I feel like. How from... dare he? Well, no, no, no. Not, not... Like, I loved him when we saw him. He was wonderful. But I was just going to say, like, I could tell he was younger in this movie. I didn't pay attention to what year it was. It just, he looked a little, just a little younger than when we saw him. 2019. So it's not like it was a decade ago. I know, I'm just saying. (laughs) It was just an observation. Do you remember when it was my uh, birthday and that random guy leaned out the car and yelled at us when we were walking through the parking lot and went, still got it. Oh, yeah, I remember. Richard Spate, Jr., Still got it. I was just about to say, like, I think it also, he had quite a beard when we saw him in person. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was, a, little, it was to, a little scruffy. Yeah, that little may have had scruffy. something to do with it. Because in the, in the movie, it's just, like, scruff. He looked good. Yeah, so. But yeah, the close-ups were appreciated. Oh, I'm sure. We got some little puffy little bottom lip. Little pouty body lip going on there. Those cute little eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> good job, Glenn. <laughs> Nice camera work, man. Great blocking. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Richard Spate got across the awkwardness, yet this likable asshole character. Endearing performance. And and Roger made me care about Roger, made me care about Roger succeeding. I was blanking on the character's name. Yeah. And then the Casey Dillard is the writer and the co-star. The script was really cute. Yeah. I enjoyed the script a lot. I, I wish as I was watching it, I, I was making more notes like we do when we watch the shows just because w- there was so much dialogue that like some of the one liners and like, you know, on the episodes, I try to write some of them just so I remember. Yeah. And I feel like I should have done that with this one because it was so much of that. Just the two of them talking. I did that, too. I didn't. I wrote down, you know, what was happening, but so much of it was dialogue. Mm-hmm. But there were so many great moments within the dialogue. Yeah. And I honestly forgot to take notes probably halfway through the movie because I was just enjoying the movie, mm-hmm. just sitting there watching it. Well, and kudos to her for... Cause That's what I say. I love this script. It's... I remember, I think I've told you, uh, when we when I was in school and we had to, like, do dialogue. For some reason, it was so hard for me mm-hmm. to, like, write dialogue. And for her to write a whole movie of just pretty much, pretty dialogue, much dialogue, like, good for her. It's impressive. Yeah. And just keep it going and interesting, mm-hmm. you know? It was... It was, it was well done. Well written. It's really good that they found two co-stars who had 
good banter and good chemistry with each other. Like I said, clearly one performance, in my opinion, was was a little better than the other performance, but they still worked well together. That was make or break for the movie, oh, really. Yeah. You know, if those two co-stars, if they didn't have that chemistry and the banter and the back and forth with each other, this would not have been a good movie. Even right. though it was a fun script, it was really reliant on those on the casting. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed their how their relationship developed throughout the film as well. I liked that she had to like correct him a few times on his mm-hmm. like this this theory or whatever his history and whatnot. And that even he like had studied it for all this time and like she had to correct him on a couple things. Yeah. I liked that. It's like, you idiot. <laughs> also, the vast majority of the film took place in a car. Yeah. But the blocking, now that I know what that word means, uh, that director Glenn Payne did, I mean, he made the most of his little space. Yeah, definitely. The vast majority of this movie is in a car and it never gets stale. Yeah. The camera is constantly moving, constantly showing from different perspectives, different angles. I mean, the blocking for such a small space, especially. Kim Manners wouldn't have liked it. (laughs) (laughs) He would have liked this blocking, though. He made the most of his space, man. Get out of my drink. What happened? Some little fucker just got in my drink. Ew. Let me turn on the fan. Oh, it is on. Oh, no. Oh, where are you? Sorry. You've probably eaten plenty of those in your sleep. Oh, I know. Whatever it is. (laughs) One of the few shots outside of the car that I really liked. Well, I guess I can't even say it was outside of the car because he kept the perspective from inside the car so often. I liked when they were at the gas station and walking in. I was like he was about to go into the really detailed story and then we couldn't hear them anymore. Oh, yeah. And then when they were coming back, then it was like. Yeah, and then, you know, now this is it. I Mm -hmm. thought that was really clever. It was, Because there was so much dialogue, and we already really had all the information we needed as viewers. I thought that was clever. Yeah. And I liked it whenever she pulled up to the cemetery, that clusterfuck of a fight scene that was going on in the grave. Yeah. That was really cute. And how he was like, I'm so happy you came back. It was so cute. I really love this movie. Oh, a note that I'd started to jot down at one point in the movie was, okay, like I know Roger's history and that his grandpa was a little slutty, but I don't know why he can't drive himself. If he has social anxiety and nerves, especially around women, why was his plan to rely on a stranger driving him around all night, like rent a car, bro? And I shit well, you not. Well, he said that he never learned how to drive because they always had drivers. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, I shit you not. Whenever I was done writing this note oh. is when that dramatic getaway scene happened where, like, he throws her in the back and gets in the car and ships uh. it in a drive and goes, like, five miles. I died laughing. <laughs> that I thought that was the funniest thing in the movie. I died. Yeah, it was good. I thought that was hilarious. Well, I also, like, I liked how she had to correct him on a few things, but then it was, like, ultimately, like, her that saved the day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, she saved him. I loved that little lines, little items that were seemingly little throwaway things, like the wars, w- word wars, the w- words with friends or whatever that came up, and her being like, yeah, I know a lot of words, mm-hmm. and how that came back around later on with the farrier thing. Yeah. And also her stupid little mist things oh God, yeah. that those kept coming up i was just like why do you keep bringing these up this is getting annoying but no it ended up being important at the end because mm-hmm. she had the mist of time yeah. 
Um, I could have done without the um, turd spoon situation. I thought that was disgusting. Okay, but that's because we're privileged. We've never had to use a turd spoon. I like, mean. come on. That made you uncomfortable because you've never had to do it. This I've had is... to get down into uh, some some toilets in my time. I saw on, I want to say it was Reddit, but I'm not sure because I've never been a big Reddit user. So I'm not sure where I saw this before. But I saw a bunch of people talking about a turd knife Oh, at some point, which was this, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Where their plumbing would struggle and they'd have to like. Oh, no, I get that. Like I've had it where like you got to you gotta flush and then take care of cleaning and things like that. And then I've I have had to pump and get down into some toilets before that were clogged. I've never had to use a turret. No, I've never had to do that. I wouldn't. I don't think I would do that. See, but that's where I'm saying that's privilege. Anytime I've seen a toilet overflow, it's been because there was too much toilet paper. Not always. Well, then, see, you should have had a turd spoon. Apparently. I guess. I don't think I would have done it. I would have plunged it still. You would have flushed it and then, okay, if, if you knew that just like good doing plunging. that and then flushing would be fine. No, you're still going to flush and get a plunger and go through all that work. I don't think it would have ever occurred to me to try to like get in there and break it up. So that's just me being idiot, an idiot. But now you know. I guess so. See, so now you learn. Still something. fucking gross. Poop is gross. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit, the first time I watched this movie, it was a while back. And I did not care for the turd spoon jokes either. Mm-hmm. But then, like I said, I just kind of checked it and was like, I mean, that's coming from a place of privilege that I've never had to use a turd spoon. True. I've had a shit water come up in my bathtub and my shower as well and stay there because everything's been clogged so bad. It what were you doing disgusting. to your toilet? It was because it's the house that we're living in. It's an old house and they had all the old plumbing and they oh. have huge fucking trees. And so all the roots had like busted <gasps> into the pipes and it just got really bad. So they finally ended up having to like dig up the whole front front lawn and put in the I think what the PVC pipes that they use now and everything. It was bad. It was really bad. Like I to this day will never use the the tub. I have to use the shower, <laughs> but I will never get in that tub after seeing that stuff. I mean, I cleaned it. <laughs> I thoroughly cleaned them. But I just, I just can't get in that tub after seeing that. Doesn't that tub have jets? Uh, uh-uh, no. Oh, okay. I was about to ask, was it coming through? Was it coming through the jets? Oh god, I, that, that makes me want to throw up a little bit. Okay. 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 So that's my poop story. It was awful. I don't have any like fun poop stories. Oh, I have a story I can tell though that. It's not a poop story, but it might make you think of poop. Okay. So it was when I was living at home with my parents. I can't, I think this was when I was in college and maybe I was home for a break or something, but it might have been like senior year of high school. I can't remember. But I had a stomach bug and like water, nothing was staying down. Everything was coming up. It was terrible. Mm hmm. And I was just laying in bed, like not able to eat, barely able to sip on water. And when I finally started feeling better, my mom brought in a sleeve of saltine crackers and a Sprite. Okay. 
And she was like, okay, you know, sip on this, nibble on these. And if they stay down, like maybe we'll try something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was so hungry. Okay. Nothing's been staying down. It's been, this is like day three. All right. So I nibbled on the saltine cracker and I was just like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I ended up eating the whole sleeve. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. Hang on. Hang on. So I eat the whole sleeve. I've been sipping water. Like I'm not the most hydrated person right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is what caused it to happen. I still don't really know. I'm like, I'm laying there and I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling all right. Everything's fine. And then it's like a couple minutes later, like, Oh no, no, this was not the day to try solid foods. So I get up and I go to the bathroom and when I puked, it came out like a giant white turd. Like oh, it yeah. was this Fault, kind of solid, almost it was solid, this mm-hmm. solid thing coming out of my throat. And I'm like gagging on it while it's coming out. You don't have a sphincter in your throat. How? What was I supposed to do? It was the most uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like traumatizing, vomiting experience that I, I needed a, a turd spoon for the stuff coming out of my mouth. Ugh. Yikes. I've been there where I'm like choking on stuff that's like coming out. Yeah. But like nothing like that. But I, I could totally see that happening. No, it was just like this tube of stuff. Yeah. Like it was so Ugh. gross. <laughs> so I had that happen. But I think your shit in the tub story is worse. It was pretty bad. I, I did like I left. I didn't even stay there. I went to stay with my mom until they got the plumbing fixed. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go ahead and turd spoon isn't really gory, but <laughs> we'll move into gore from there. The only thing that was really gory in this is whenever he ran out of the second house and he like hit his hand on the window, he, his hand was all bloody. Oh yeah. And then at the end when she punched him and his nose got bloody. Yeah. It could have used a little more gore horror stuff. Yeah. Like if it, again, it's coming back to like indie movies, time restraints, budget restraints, yada, yada. If they didn't have those restraints and the movie could have been longer and they could have added more to it. Because I loved the stuff in the car. I wouldn't have taken any of that away. But if they could have added to it, I would have liked a little bit more of the horror aspects. Yeah, I don't think it wouldn't necessarily need the gore, but like maybe just a little more action. Yeah, a little bit more of actually seeing the demons doing these despicable things throughout the town. Like there was the radio station that had the story of another murder. And so we're hearing about this small town with the murders, but... Honestly, if you weren't paying attention for those things, you could have gone through the whole movie without really understanding what the demons were even doing. Right. I would have I would have liked to have seen it a yeah, little bit more. I agree. If budget time, yada yada would have permitted it. That yeah. would have been that would have been something good to see. That's why I'm saying like more action would have been nice to see to balance out so much of the insular insulation in the car. Mm-hmm. Isolation. I did forget one of my adore items. Okay. I did adore with Emerson's character, the whole, you know, get out of the car lesson that she learned. You know, she's just kind of been coasting, just kind of letting things happen, just kind of saying, like, I hope that I'm going to be this thing, but then not really doing anything to make it happen. Mm, Avoiding her Mm -hmm. life, really. Yeah. Or just not being active in it. It wasn't that she was, you know, she just wasn't being active. 
Well, she like, was avoiding her, the girlfriend. The ex was mm-hmm. like saying she just like goes and drives around in her car rather than like dealing with things. Mm-hmm. There was one scene where he was like, where Roger was trying to make her feel better and like put his hand on her shoulder and just left it there. Yeah. For an awkwardly long time. And it was never really addressed that it was weird that his hand was still there. But, you know, I would have let him leave his hand there, too. Oh, we know. (laughs) And at the end, her actually getting out of the car to go do the open mic, Mm -hmm. which was something she was kind of saying, like, oh, maybe I will. But, like, never would actually do. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that, that That it kind of came around. It's just like. Uh, it, it, that was reminiscent to me of Collateral as well, mm-hmm. because Tom Cruise kind of said the same thing to Jamie Foxx's character in that movie. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to the vacation, go to the island or whatever, but was not doing anything to try and make that happen. Yeah. And so I, I liked that, that this was just like this random event that just completely shook up her life and got her to take charge. Yeah. The whole Roger being like, you know, if you're not afraid of a horde of demons, then you shouldn't be afraid of living your life. Yeah. I thought that was really cute for there to be the little lesson in the end. It was. It was cute. So some of the trivia... Trivia? Mm Mm-hmm. Some of the trivia from IMDb that the film was filmed during an unusually cold spell, and I think it was filmed in Tupelo. There was actually a scene where Casey, or not Casey, Emerson, the character, is sitting in the car. I think she was talking on the phone, and you could see smoke coming out of her breath so yeah and then, i remembered thinking like damn how cold is it where they are well and like in the one scene roger's cleaning off the window with the squeegee mm-hmm. and it was initially frozen in the bucket <gasps> like you couldn't get it out <laughs> and then speaking of the blocking and everything director glenn payne storyboarded the entire film in advance planning each camera angle by staging four chairs in his art studio Oh, nice. So that, that's, I like that. That's interesting. I like how he did that. Yeah, the blocking was honestly super creative and artistic. Well, and it kept, like you said, it kept the flow going and it didn't get stagnant just being in one location the whole yeah. time, pretty much. Aside from Richard Spade Jr., the script, the blocking was my favorite thing Yeah, the movie. Like, those are my three favorite things. So good. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And then the satchel that Roger carries in the film actually belongs to Casey Dillard. And in the beginning of the film, a radio broadcast mentions authorities finding the body of Gabriel Payne. Mm -hmm. And this unseen character is named after a combination of Glenn Payne and Richard Spate Jr.'s character, Gabriel, from the show Supernatural. Aww. That's pretty much it. There's there's this one that says, Terry's that a drunk passenger requests to be dropped off at is a reference to an establishment in the creator's series Stragasol Paranormal? Stagrassol. Paranormal. What is that? I don't know. Let me see. I thought he was asking to go to a titty bar, but she kept talking about apartments, and so I was confused during that little scene. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember it. It's at the beginning when they're doing the montage of her. Oh, uh, one of the picking oh, up yeah. passengers, dropping them off, practicing her comedy. Which in the beginning, when she was practicing her comedy, I didn't get that's what she was doing at first. I didn't either. So I was really confused about the things she was choosing to talk to herself about because I talk to myself all the time. So to me, it was not weird that she was sitting in her car by herself talking. Whatever. That's fine. I do that too. It was the things she was talking about that I was like, what is happening? And then I finally figured out, oh, like she was trying to work out a routine. Yeah. Gotcha. 
you aren't somebody who just talks to yourself in your car. <laughs> Overall, I I give this five stars. I I really liked this movie. Any any criticisms that I could potentially give it would have been easily handled with a little bit more time, a little bit more budget. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I bought it. I'll watch it again. For lore, I looked up Demon Hunters. Okay. Demon Hunter or Demon Slayer is a demonology-related historic occupation or folkloric character which specializes in demons, angels, monsters, or undead creatures. A demon hunter typically is involved with a deity and angels, and they typically wield religious text, holy water, and relics. He had all that stuff. Well, I guess he didn't have holy water. He had his grandpa's finger. And his talisman. Gosh, she broke it. Yeah, she broke it. <laughs> she saved the day, though, so it's okay. Right, right. So it has diverse roots in myths, Abrahamic religions, African magic, Christian media, classic Chinese novels, and Japanese urban legends. Variants include other monster hunters, such as the dragon slayer or the vampire hunter. In history, a demon hunter was a specially prepared or instructed clergy, typically a priest, nun, monk, pastor, imam, rabbi, and some other things that I'm not going to try to pronounce. (laughs) The occupation continues to exist and is often referred to as an exorcist. An exorcist is a person who is believed to be able to cast out the devil or performs the ridding of demons or other supernatural beings who are alleged to have possessed a person or sometimes a building or even an object. Oh, okay. That's all I got for lore. The team of director Glenn Payne and writer Casey Dillard also have another movie out called Killer Concept. I haven't seen this one, but it looks like it could be cute. And it's on Prime. Okay, Stagrassel Paranormal, I guess, is a series she wrote, Casey wrote. Okay, I want to check that. I like her writing, so it's, I want to Oh, no, check I'm sorry, it it's a movie. It says, Welcome to Stagrassel. Where the tea is sweet and the houses are haunted. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Oh, it's directed by Glenn Payne, too. Oh, okay. So they're they're a team. Stagrassel Haunted. Yeah. Stagrassel Paranormal. 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 I can't talk. And then Driven. And then what did I say was the other other movie? I can't remember. Killer. 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 Hang on. I might. (laughs) Hang on. Killer Concept. So, quote, to close it out, when Emerson is asking if it's possible that she had possessed passengers in her vehicle earlier, Roger said, probably not. People are just assholes. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun. Jerk. It always is, bitch.